Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal. We're bringing you an inside look at our community and keeping you informed about what's happening on campus. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I'm bringing you into Daily Chapel as an opportunity to experience this part of our community firsthand. So sit with us and enjoy Father Nate's sermon from last Monday on love. What is love? How do we live into love? These are the questions that Father Nate asks and takes us through as he shares the importance of love in our lives. So Valentine's Day was uh, last Friday. And uh, that's the day day we celebrate love. That's the day we celebrate romance. That's the day we celebrate all the common ties that bind us together as human beings. And in light of that Valentine's Day, I think there's only one question left to ask. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Thank you for the uh, polite laughter. What is love? What does it mean for our lives? How do we live into love? Love is obviously a humongous thing in Scripture. As Elise read just a second ago, St. Paul, when he's talking to the Corinthians about what is most important in life, what's most important in spirituality, what's most important in following God, he says the most excellent thing is this, to love. If you don't have love, if you, if you do all kinds of incredible things, if you, if you sacrifice your body, if you know all the mysteries of the world, if you have faith that can move mountains, but you don't have love... It's all meaningless. So love is huge. Jesus said that the greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love is written from the first page to the last page of Scripture. It is the point of the Bible. It's really hard to wrap our minds around it. Sometimes to define what something is, to define what love is, we first have to look at what it isn't. To understand What a big difference it makes. Now, I know a lot of us have a lot of different kinds of relationships. We have family relationships. We have friendships. We have romantic relationships. And what I want to start off today with is to show you what love isn't by showing you some characteristics of what might be a a toxic friendship or a toxic relationship. So grab a seat. Let's go through what love isn't. The older we get, the harder it is to not only make, but keep friends close to our side. And sometimes, the people we least expect to let us down are those who hurt us the most. Has your friend changed into someone you no longer recognize? Do you feel more burdened instead of fulfilled in some of your friendships? Here are 10 signs you may have a toxic friend. 1. You feel like you can't be your true self when you're with them. Friendships exist so you can grow familiar and comfortable with someone. But if they pressure you to do things you don't want to, or begin to judge you for the new hobbies you develop, perhaps it's time to think about where your friendship is going. A real friend is someone you can be yourself with without fearing that they won't accept you. 2. Your communication becomes almost non-existent. Do they often ghost you or put minimum effort in communication? If it's always you texting or calling them first, you might want to ask yourself why it's always you initiating plans. Sometimes life gets busy, and people may not be able to hang out with each other as much when they move, get new jobs, or enter new relationships. But if they only seem to hang out with you when their original plans have been canceled, 
or just to kill time before they ditch you to hang out with others, they may only be using you for their own convenience. 3. They constantly smother you. A toxic friend can also swing the other way and try to cross over any healthy boundaries you set for yourself. If they want to spend every minute every day with you, or get jealous when you want to hang out with your other friends, family, or lover, then they aren't being respectful towards you. A healthy friendship needs balance in order to sustain. Even if the two of you are best friends, too much of anything is bad for you and can be emotionally draining. 4. You feel like you guys are competing against one another. Are they constantly trying to one-up you? If they can't be happy for your success, it's best to take a step back and figure out where their jealousy issues stem from. Friendship is built on the foundation of compassion and selflessness. If their competitive streak takes over, they might only have wanted to get closer to you to be frenemies. 5. They aren't considerate of your feelings. Sometimes you feel like you can trust them. Other times they say a comment that takes a jab at you, and it makes you wonder what they really meant by it. There's a difference between friendly sarcasm and mean remarks that teeter over the edge of bullying. 6. They give you a hard time for your mistakes, even when you apologize. If they constantly bring up the past and only focus on what you've done wrong, then perhaps it's time to move forward without them. Friendships can only sustain if the two of you can grow together. But if they seem to hold you back and refuse to let go of their grudges, then this will only work against your friendship instead of supporting it. 7. They are controlling and try to micromanage you rather than give you advice. A good friend is there for you during the tough times. But if your friend tries to fix you and wants to make decisions for you instead of giving you advice, then they are treating you more like a project rather than a friend. Even if they're coming from a good place and only want what's best for you, they can't live your life for you. 8. Your friendship provides more stress than support. Do you feel overwhelmed, neglected, or unhappy? If you feel like you're still testing your friend to see if you can trust them, then chances are your friendship isn't solidifying. Although friendships take work and effort, they shouldn't always be stressful. The whole point of having a good friend is being able to have fun together without trying too hard. 9. You frequently catch them talking about you behind your back. It's normal to seek advice from people outside of your conflicting relationship, and when we're angry or sad, sometimes we might say things about others that we don't always mean out of frustration. But a toxic friend may gossip behind your back just because they find it satisfying or entertaining. If you confront them about it and they continue to do it, this will only hurt you in the long run. 10. You forget why the two of you became friends in the first place. Do you feel like your friendship is coming to an end? It's not fun losing friends, but it's better to let go, move on, and find people who accept you for who you are, instead of putting effort in a friendship that will never work. Maybe at one point you guys really were friends, but those days are long gone. Appreciate the memories you made, and make new ones with people who are willing to be there for you. Have you ever had a friendship or a romantic relationship that had any of those characteristics? A lot of us have. Now, here's a harder question. Have you ever been the person in that friendship or that relationship that acted like that? All right. If your friendship or your romantic relationship is like this, first, they, they don't want you to be your real self. They don't like it when you act like you really are. Or second, they barely talk or text you anymore. They ghost you all the time. Three, you're opposite. They, they may smother you and act jealous when you do anything without them. Four, they, they constantly compete. They constantly demean you. They constantly criticize you. They constantly put you down. Five, they ignore your feelings, your dreams, and your hopes. Six, they will not forgive and forget. They remind you over 
and over and over again of that thing that you did. Seven, they control you. They try and fix you constantly. Eight, they cause stress and exhaustion for you. They are energy vampires that suck the life out of you. You go and you're around them and then you walk away just feeling like beat down. Eight, they gossip and trash talk you to others. Or ten, you wonder why you're friends at all. If you have a relationship like that, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, it may not be love. It may be toxic. So if that's not love, next slide please, what is love? What is true love? In the Christian scriptures, uh, especially the New Testament, it was originally written in Greek. There are four words for love that are used in the New Testament that give us different facets, different understandings of what love is supposed to be about. And uh, during the Super Bowl, of all places, there was a neat little commercial that talked about the four loves found in the Bible, although they don't mention the Bible at all. I'd like to share, it's only like 59 seconds. I'll share that with you real quick. The ancient Greeks had four words for love. The first is philia. Philia is affection that grows from friendship. Next, there's storge, the kind you have for a grandparent or a brother. Third, there's eros, the uncontrollable urge to say, I love you. The fourth kind of love is different. It's the most admirable. It's called agape. Love as an action. It takes courage, sacrifice, strength. For 175 years, we've been helping people act on their love so they can look back or look ahead and say, we got it right. We did good. That final love, that agape love. Next slide, please. That's the love that is spoken of in 1 Corinthians 13, which you read today. Love is patient, love is kind. Agape is patient, agape is kind. All of our human loves are reflections of this central divine love that is the reason why we were created. And this true love is something that helps us. It's an activity. It's not just a feeling. It's not just an experience. It is an activity. It is an action. It is a decision to help us become our best self. you got storge, family love, love of parents, love of, uh, of siblings, love across our families. You have, you have philia, which is our friendship love. We get the word Philadelphia from city of brotherly love. Then you have eros, that erotic love, that romantic love. But all of those, properly considered, are aspects of that agape, that central divine love that makes us and creates us. That's because, next slide please. Agape love is at the heart of who God is. True love reflects our divine source. In fact, Scripture says not once but twice in the first letter of St. John, God is love, or in the original Greek, theos, esten, agape. God is agape. It is an eternal love that flows from the Father to the Son, through the Spirit, out to us all to create us, to redeem us, to bring us back into God's self. The Father is God over us. The Son is God with us, beside us, walking through life with us. And the Spirit is God inside us, within us, suffering with us, rejoicing with us. And if you notice, if you flip, can you flip back and forth between those two slides? Notice, Father, Storge, Eros, Spirit, Philia, 
friendship love all together it is agape this god who creates us redeems us restores us and fulfills us so what is agape love according to first corinthians 13 next slide please that scripture that we read today could we could substitute the word love for god love is patient love is kind god is patient god is kind all of these are aspects of who Christians say God is. And I want to give you a little acronym to help you remember what agape is all about. First of all, agape love, true love, accepts you as you are because love is patient. No matter who we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter uh, what our character is, love is patient. It patiently waits on us and accepts us for who we are. But then it goes beyond that because the G is that agape love gives itself to help you. Agape love is fundamentally self-giving, self-sacrificing, just as God in Christ is fundamentally giving and self-sacrificing. Love is kind. It doesn't repay us according to what we deserve. It repays us according to what we need. Love is not self-seeking. It doesn't try and take everything and gather it to itself. It gives itself sacrificially for the beloved. The next A is that agape appreciates your gifts, appreciates your talents, appreciates who you are and how God made you to be. That's because love does not envy. is isn't constantly comparing. is isn't constantly saying, well, I'm better than them because of this, or, oh gosh, I'm worse than them because of this. It doesn't envy. It is not boast. It is not proud. And above all, love does not dishonor others, but builds them up, lifts them up, and appreciates them for who God made them to be. The P is that true love, true God, permits you the space to grow. It allows you to make mistakes. That's because love is not easily angered. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't keep a running tally of all the times you've messed up. No, it permits you to grow and to learn. It forgives and it forgets so that you can become a better person. Love does not delight in evil or the evil things that happen to other people. It doesn't delight when people stub their toe or when people mess up. Instead, it rejoices with the truth of who they could become. And finally, the last E in agape. Agape encourages you to be your best self. It encourages you. It is behind you at the race of life. It is cheering you on, saying, come on, you can do this. You got this. God has implanted God's own life within you and you can do this because God working in you is stronger and better than anything you can ask or imagine. Love always protects and watches over us. Love always trusts that something better can happen. Love always hopes for the best. Love always perseveres and never, ever, ever gives up. And finally, love never fails because God is love. And God is stronger than anything that we can ask or imagine. Stronger than anything that we go through. So I'll leave you with this. Last slide, please. Agape love is not complete until it is actually embodied in action to benefit others. It isn't complete if we just think about love and go, oh yeah, love's a good idea. It isn't complete if we just feel love and go, oh man, I, I feel so happy and so joyful. It isn't complete until we actually live it out and give ourselves to help others. 
We see this love, this agape love lived out in Jesus, who though even though he was divine, emptied out his divine power, his divine nature, his, his all-knowingness, his all-powerfulness, he emptied it all out and took on the form of a servant, lived as one of us, died and rose again so that we can be liberated. That is love defined in the act of living out life with us. Love is also completed in the purpose of being a student. Your purpose, if you consider yourself a student in here, is to learn how to love, to learn how to give yourself as Christ gave himself, to learn how to live into this fabulous, incredible, wonderful life of love that God has, has immersed us in. At the bottom of, of every one of my emails that goes out, there's a scripture. It says that the meaning of life is Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. The meaning of life that we all learn as students, and we're all students, is that we were made for love, to love God and love each other. Now let me speak to all the teachers in the room. Each and every one of you who considers yourself a teacher, a coach, a mentor, you have been put on this planet, you've been put in that classroom, you've been put on that sports field to teach others how to love. Every time a student falls in love with their subject, falls in love with their sport because of you, you are doing your job. Every time a student learns how to respect and give dignity to other people in your classroom or on your sports field, you are doing your job. You have the most important job in the universe because you are raising up people to learn how to love as God loves us. By falling in love with your subject, by falling in love with each other, by living out that love in acts of service. That's what your purpose is. May we all live into our purpose to learn how to live love as Christ loved us. Amen. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to connect with you and hear your feedback on the show. Send us an email at panthercast at tmi-sa.org. And if you want to know more about what's happening here at TMI, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.